Welcome to the CFI Podcast, hosted by Canadian Forest Industries Magazine, Canada's leading national logging and solid wood products magazine since 1881. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and trends in the logging and wood products industries with experts from across Canada. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the CFI Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Cools, editor of Canadian Forest Industries Magazine. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're speaking with Andrew Stiffman, Senior Business Development Manager at Klesnikov Mass Timber and Lumber, about all things related to mass timber. We'll be talking about the benefits of mass timber, Klesnikov's entrance into the mass timber market in March last year, the opportunities it presents for the forest industry, the future of this relatively new field, and more. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So out of curiosity, as the Senior Business Development Manager at Klesnikov, what does your role entail? Yeah, so I kind of in simple terms, I sort of act as a bridge between what happens internally in our manufacturing operations and what happens throughout the design and construction process in terms of executing projects using the various mass timber products that Klesnikov delivers. Right. Okay. And what experience did you have with mass timber before joining this company? So my background, I started my career in the building science consulting space um, and was kind of involved in very technical, hands-on scientific and engineering consulting, looking at all sorts of different construction materials, including mass timber for use in buildings here in BC and beyond. And then after that, I transitioned into the general contracting and development management world, where I executed a number of large projects all across the Pacific Northwest um, one of the projects that I was involved in the design of was a tall wood project in Portland, Oregon. So I learned a lot about um, the kind of the technical drivers of project success using mass timber in that capacity, as well as all the different obstacles that can be overcome using mass timber. Mm-hmm. That sounds like it's been very interesting. Yeah. So in March last year, uh, BC Premier John Horgan announced that the province would be the first in the country to allow the construction of tall wood buildings up to 12 stories. Several municipalities in the province, as well as in other provinces, have now announced investments in mass timber buildings, and the 2020 National Building Code will allow the construction of 12-story mass timber buildings nationally. So obviously, a lot of people see mass timber as an opportunity for the future. But for those who don't know, Can you share some of the benefits of mass timber? Yeah, totally. So mass timber is a great kind of blanket term for a number of wood products that in essence allow us to build buildings out of wood that would have previously been needed to go to steel or concrete. So obviously, as you know, and as I'm sure the listeners here know, there's a ton of great environmental and carbon sequestration benefits of supporting timber. So mass timber has basically opened up a new market sector for the forestry industry here. Um, It's a very low waste way of building buildings. We can be incredibly efficient with the use of our fiber. So we see it as a really sustainable alternative to steel and concrete. And then on the development side, there's a number of great benefits ranging from the fact that wood buildings are just really cool and people feel good about being inside of them. So there's great occupant benefits. So mass timber involves a lot of prefabrication offsite. So by the time our products get to a construction site, they're in a state where they can basically just be installed off of our trucks. So we're able to really shorten durations on the install schedule and 
they saved the clients a ton of money in that respect to finally lots of great seismic and, and fire benefits of building with mass timber. Wow, yeah, this sounds like there's a lot of benefits. Totally. So as you mentioned, there are a range of products that fall under the category of mass timber. Uh, could you go into some detail about the different types of products and their uses? Yeah, so the main product that is most commonly thought of when we talk mass timber today is CLT or cross-laminated timber. So cross-laminated timber basically consists of smaller, say, dimensional boards running longitudinally, like in the direction of the primary span of that panel, and then tangentially, so across the, across the span. And those will be kind of crisscrossed into odd combinations of three, five, seven, or nine plies of timber to build up the required panel thickness. So CLT is definitely the most, the most popular product type. We also at Glesnikoff make glue lamb, which is, has been around for some time, and most people are probably familiar with that, as well as a product called GLT, or glue laminated timber, which is essentially a glue lamb beam turned on its side. And that's a really efficient use of fiber for a one-way span, whereas CLT can be strong in two directions, similar to like a reinforced, reinforced concrete floor on a typical office building. GLT is strong in one direction, but it's very strong in that one direction. So if you have a floor that's say supported off of walls the entire way across or off of beams, GLT might be a more cost effective and more fiber effective use of material. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. But unfortunately, there are still some misgivings in the public that mass timber buildings aren't as safe as buildings made from con concrete or steel, particularly with regards to fire safety. Uh, this is despite the fact that there are many safe mass timber buildings that have been built around the world. So what would you say in response to concern about the safety of mass timber buildings? Yeah, I think in my time in the industry, I've been really happy to see kind of an evolution of thought. We, we definitely see less and less concerns about the safety of mass timber, just as more and more academic and theoretical and empirical studies are produced, as well as just by virtue of the fact that there are a ton of mass timber buildings in existence safely operating right now. So I think just the biggest thing I would say in response is to, I would suggest kind of taking the time to educate yourself about all the research and co-development that has gone into mass timber construction, as well as go get, try to get out of the house and take a tour of a mass timber building and, and see for yourself. But uh, I'd certainly just assure people that there isn't some sort of willy-nilly idea of building tall buildings out of wood, just uh, an incredible amount of engineering and design and construction expertise has gone into this technology to get it to the state that it's at today. Yeah, absolutely. That's a key point to remember. Yeah. So as I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, uh, Klesnikov decided to get into the mass timber industry last March, investing $35 million to develop a new mass timber facility that came online this summer. So what was the motivation behind this move? Yeah, so Klesnikov is a fourth generation family owned business that has been in operations for 80 years. And throughout our history, we've really always survived and thrived by adding value downstream through our production process into our wood basket. So we're a value add mill. We cut a lot of specialty pro products and we really we're not a big production mill that's only cutting a few different product types. So when our, the ownership of our company looked forward and said to themselves, kind of how are we going to survive and thrive for another 80 years? The answer is very clear that 
adding value downstream to our wood basket is the key. So with demand growing and the recent code changes that you alluded to in the previous question, um, investing in mass timber became a really logical step for us. We've also historically supplied a lot of the lamb stock used in Canadian and American glue lamb manufacturing. Lamb stock is kind of the candidate lumber that's using glue lamb beams and columns. So producing lamb stock requires a lot of specialized manufacturing knowledge specifically around the drying process. So with that hurdle kind of overcame and being experts in drying that we are here at Klesnikov, um, going full speed into the mass timber industry became a real logical next step for us. Mm -hmm. And what's the response been from the forest industry so far? It's been really overwhelmingly positive. It's been great. We've got uh, all across the board, just all of our colleagues and competitors. It's it's a great industry where I think uh, I think that everyone in this industry is really just committed to building the field and, and playing well in the sandbox. And it's been just been awesome. We we knew that it would be exciting, that people would be excited about it, but we couldn't have possibly predicted how great and how successful it's been already in a very short amount of time. That's great to hear. Um, were there any challenges, though, that you had to overcome in getting into this relatively new field? Um, I mean, I think just market perception, like obviously construction is a different industry than forest manufacturing and my background is in construction. So I've definitely, we just need to reassure people that we've, our company is very well established and that we're very well set up to be successful here as we sort of make our entry into the market and make sure that people know what we're all about. Yeah, that's definitely key. Um, speaking of that, what products are you producing now? So we, in our mass timber plant, we're producing basically three primary products off of two primary production lines. So we make a cross laminated timber or CLT, which I kind of alluded to before, as well as off of our glue lamb line, we make glue lamb beams and columns, as well as GLT panels. And then we're also doing kind of some specialty cold pressing of our glue lamb beams to create oversized, very large columns, say six feet by six feet square to support the highest mass timber towers being proposed in the world, as well as architectural curved glue lamb beams, as well as kind of a specialty thing. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. So what are the pro uh, markets for these products? Um, so we have a number of great projects on the books, ranging from a student dining hall at the University of Victoria to a multifamily residential building on Main Street in Vancouver to a full elementary school in Kitsilano in Vancouver to a student residence in Toronto and kind of everything in between and all of these pro projects use our product line in various shapes and sizes and something that we do at Kolesnikov that we take a lot of pride in is we get very involved in the design process kind of helping the consultant and client teams understand the best use of our fiber for various design expectations and, and performance requirements. So we take a really active role in delivering projects as opposed to just selling products. Right, yeah, I think that's definitely an interesting um, aspect to this in terms of the design. It's yeah. definitely something that I think a lot of people are very interested in and it looks very pretty from what I've seen. Totally. Um, Given that the lumber market is uh, cyclical and prices are often uh, rising to extreme highs as they have now or falling to extreme lows like they did last year, value-added products are being talked about more and more as a more stable market for lumber producers to get into. 
Do you think that this is the case with the mass timber industry? Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. I think uh, Kolesnikov mass timber in particular being vertically integrated all the way back to the harvesting and the sawmilling, we were able to build in a lot of stability into our pricing models. And that's something that is very much appreciated in the construction industry. It's uh, our, our view internally is that for this market sector and this product mix to really take off, it needs to it needs to provide stable pricing similar to concrete. Like you need to know, generally speaking, there are a number of design variables that will impact the price, but generally you should have predictable, consistent pricing in the industry. And that's something that we're really committed to disrupting and providing for the industry. Yeah, I think that's definitely key, especially in terms of housing markets and just construction in general being such a fluid market where the price definitely needs to be kind of stable to get keep moving forward. Yeah, our our interest at Glesnikov is in building this market sector and expanding market share. We we want to communicate com- consistent, affordable pricing for our product lines. Mm-hmm. So do you expect that more lumber producers in Canada will get involved in this field? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. And perhaps peripherally cutting lamb stock or candidate lumber for CLT panels might be something to watch out for. I think uh, it's definitely not for everyone. I think it'd be it's it's great to see more and more entrance into the field. And we're really excited to see more colleagues jumping into the space. I think delivering mass timber products is really different than many other fields of sawmilling. And as I said in the beginning, I come to this from the construction and development world and I do not come from a sawmilling background, but I think that the biggest thing to remember with mass timber production is that you're delivering a project, you're not selling a product. There are many complex municipal and code and design and financial goals that need to be balanced on every project. So it's not for everyone, It's uh, but if there's the appetite, um, it'd be great to see more entrance into the market. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of complex things I think that have to be remembered and taken into consideration with this. So that might be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, mass timber is not selling widgets. That's uh, that's kind of the feedback I would give to, to anyone expressing interest in to entering into the field. Right. Uh, so are there any other challenges uh, to lumber producers entering this market? Um, I think that's a big thing. I think also you'll find in mass timber like to your point previously about lumber prices being cyclical, um, while construction prices prices certainly are cyclical as well, not to the extent of commodity prices. And you'll find that projects just are not able to support like the full escalation of the lumber market. So you, you have to figure out a way to offer some consistent pricing to your clients or else the clients aren't going to just pay more. They're just going to go away. Right. Right. That's a good point. So where do you see the mass timber industry in the next five to 10 years? Um, Well, we hear from a lot of GCs now and developers that every single project for the most part that they're awarded or or expressed interest in, every client is asking them, hey, what would mass timber look like? So it seems like there's just an incredible amount of interest in the market. And we love to see the growth and the actual uptake just be exponential over five to 10 years. I'd love to see 20, 30% of buildings being built in mass timber in, say, Vancouver, greater Vancouver area in five to 10 years. That'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. That would be great. 
So do you think there are any barriers, uh, regulatory or otherwise, that kind of need to be overcome to help grow this industry? Yeah, I think it's great to see the codes evolving, as, as you talked about a couple of questions ago. That's that's awesome. And to see the ministry response and having this sort of um, mass timber action group is awesome to see the government supporting that. I think uh, what I can speak to most is my experience as part of design and construction teams and kind of understanding that mass timber construction is a little different than traditional construction methods in that we rely on a really robust pre-construction process. So to give you an idea for a really great project we're working on in Victoria, we'll be supplying panels probably in about a year from now, but we're already talking about where penetrations for sanitary stacks go and what the detail is at the balcony and what's the exact width of our panels because all of these things impact costs and impact other elements of the design. So a mass timber project really depends on a robust, active pre-construction process where everyone is bought in. So for instance, electricians and plumbers will need to be in early structural meetings because their stuff impacts our stuff and vice versa. And the only way to be successful is if we all work as a team. You can't just kind of expect to do a standard bid spec job, silo your trades and expect for everything to come to site properly coordinated and going together successfully. Right, yeah, that's a good point. So where do you see Kolesnikov in uh, five to 10 years? I'd love to see us um, continuing to grow our market leadership position in mass timber manufacturing and project delivery. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see like, as we grow, like where do we expand laterally into like, if it's certain market segments, if it's installation of our products, if it's just continuing to refine our processes to be the most efficient and highest quality producers in mass timber. I'm not sure what that looks like today, but I know that it's going to be a really exciting journey to get there. Yeah, definitely. I'm personally looking forward to seeing how the industry evolves and how Kolesnikov evolves um, and continuing to report on the developments in the mass timber world. Yeah, thanks. Us as well. Yeah, so thanks again, Andrew, for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the CFI Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.